the potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. Because <laughs> they're raping everybody out here. Should, no. a, should a Jewish I baker think, be required to bake a I Nazi think wedding Muslim cake? Millionaires and billionaires. Yeah, how about that? It feels so kind of like we're up the, the creek. Only an alert and knowledgeable That's citizen. Awesome. I'm like the boss. Yeah. How about that? And the kids used to come up and reach in the pool and rub my leg down. Well, I'm not a crook. If we were facing an alien threat from outside this world. Had your kids, had your wife. Whole binders full of uh, uh, women. You just got to keep on paddling. You know, I got Taco Blood, man. Streaming stuff yeah. going on, on, the, on the, the internet. We must never let the weight of this combination endanger our liberties oh, or democratic process. <laughs> Welcome to Up the Creek. Up the Creek. Hey man, so what is up? How's it going? Good. You feel like a real like a real radio I show? I do. Or this is fancy. Yeah, pretty neat. I think they probably heard us talking in the beginning, but <laughs> we have adds to the character of yeah, the show, right? Some new some new technology here, and we uh, now can record the intro. Or sorry, we we just basically hit record and we can play the intro as a you know instead of like a post editing type thing. Anyways, right? Not, not to bore people with that kind of stuff. Uh, have you seen the movie Cool Hand Luke? Cool Hand Luke? No, I have not. So it's an old movie, and it's about a guy who goes to a prison in the South uh, for you know stupid reasons, and the prison sucks and, and whatever, and he ends up escaping from the prison, but in the movie, one of the famous scenes is, my boy here can eat 50 boiled eggs. And so it's like a bet to see how many of these raw eggs he can eat. Uh-huh. And so when I saw this story, that's what I thought of was Cool Hand Luke. Except instead of eating the eggs, this guy was putting boiled eggs up his butt. Whoa. And apparently they were not coming out and he got sepsis in his gut. So he had to go to the hospital uh, to get 15 boiled eggs removed from his butt. So, <laughs> why This... Uh, I know we usually do this at the end, but this one this like struck me this morning. Yeah, I like, oh, wow. I, uh, it's like Cool Hand Luke, but in the wrong hole. So it's funny you bring this up. I have a, well, sorry, I used to have an uncle by marriage who uh, was married to my aunt, and he worked in uh, Hutchinson, which is, for the listeners, it's just a town that's about, I don't know, 45 minutes to an hour away from where we live. Um, he was a x-ray tech. And being an x-ray tech, um, <laughs> he would he tell us stories that, like, a guy would come in with a grapefruit up his ass. The guy's complaining. He hasn't crapped, taken a shit in, you know, days, and doesn't feel all right and something's wrong and it's like so if you if you go into into the hospital and you have a grapefruit up your ass and you tell them you haven't taken a shit in a couple days you do realize that they're gonna they're gonna x-ray it right i mean they're gonna have to take a look they're gonna have to find out what's up there like what's going on is there blockage you're too embarrassed to say like by the way i shoved a whole grapefruit up my fucking asshole but I guess let the x-ray reveal your kinks <laughs> instead of just coming out, you know, and saying, hey, by the way, how there's a there's a grapefruit up there, so I haven't shit in four days. <laughs> how do you pull that off? Like, like how much butt stuff do you have to have in your history to get where you can yeah. get a grapefruit up I, there? I could see, it's, well, it's still very gross in my opinion, but like a plum or like a peach. You know what I mean? <laughs> a peach? <laughs> I see some big fucking peaches, man. I guess that's true. I even thinking about the boiled eggs is like, well, did he did he get the egg up there whole or did it like mush as it went through? Well, you if know? it's a boiled egg, like, 
shell too, or was it? Like, I think peeled? they were peeled. Thankfully, thankfully, because that could have been real bad. That but that's been. that's my point. Like, was he like smashing the egg to get it in there, or did it just like drop? Bloop. Kind of like mushed him Bloop. up. Like boop boop. <laughs> Ooh yeah. Did he have anybody helping him? I don't know. It's in German, and I can't read it. I'm too lazy to translate it. But it says he was 29, and he was uh, under the influence when he did it. I mean, that's what I'd say, well, too. So. What kind of, okay. <laughs> under the influence. I've never never got liquored up and thought, see that carton of eggs right there? One, I'm going to boil them. <laughs> Two, I'm going to shove them up my ass one well, by one. Well, <laughs> see, that's what I wonder is I doubt that he was alone. I mean, if he was alone, then, man, he's got major problems. And if he did it with people, he's still got major problems, but it's that cool hand Luke scene. My boy here can eat 50 boiled eggs. And it's like, yeah. my boy here can show 15 boiled <laughs> eggs up his butthole. Yeah, I want to know if there's anybody else. Like, was it uh, was it a thing where it was uh, just him by himself, getting drunk by himself, or getting drugged up by himself? Uh, oh, it says he was on GHB? Date Is rape it... drug. Oh. So he... Oh, he took the date rape drug? Yeah, he's probably with people. Oh, he And it was a really disgusting gay party, probably. Oh, I'm sure. They... Right? You know, my boy here can. <laughs> hey, get up, Steve. Get upside down real quick. Put your put your ass in the air. That's all worn out and stuff, and they're just like tossing him across some room, <laughs> like playing beer pong. But it's like some dude's asshole and hardball eggs. <laughs> Would not shock me. <laughs> Those Germans, you know, they lose a war, and then this is what happens. Yeah. Can't see where the mouse is. Oh, you want me to turn the TV for you? No, you're good. It's fine. Just gonna minimize that one. We can. So, what else is new? <sighs> oh man, how do you not, follow that? Not much. That's why really coming, you know, coming in strong. You know, starting out with a right. Well, I guess it it could go right into the one that we added the uh, the Equality Act. Well, okay. So, um, speaking of you know really gay stuff, uh, <laughs> the Equality Act. Right, it's a bill that says it would offer a lot of the same legal protections as far as you know employment. So, like you know, you can't get fired because of your sexual orientation, uh, things like that. And I think mm-hmm. you know, like uh, adoptions, a lot of states have rules about same-sex couples adopting kids. I think this would strike that down. You know, they can't discriminate based on that. So, you know, I mean, there's things there that I think are worthy of consideration by all means. But I think the kind of devil in the details here is let's go back to the the baker and the cake, mm-hmm. right? This basically ends that. So even though that guy won that court case, he's going to lose the war because now the law would be that he no longer has the right to say no, even though that's a religious issue for that guy that he proved and won in court. Right. It's a it's a really it's a, it's a weird path to go down because oh, on one hand, I'm. I'm I side with that guy a hundred percent, you know, um, for because he has the freedom of religion, and his religion states, you know, that homosexuality is no good, no good, and I mean that's just his thing. Like we we shouldn't go discriminate against that guy by forcing him to bake a gay wedding cake or whatever, you know. At the same time, I also, you know. Like, in, in the workplace, you can't discriminate against somebody because they want to chop their dick off. Right. You know, and I guess at the same... So, where, what do you do? I mean, baking a cake is, is completely different than 
<clears throat> hiring somebody, finding out that they got their dick cut off or got one put on, and then well, firing them. And I so guess. it even goes so far is to suggest here, and on the surface, this seems like it wouldn't be that huge of a deal. Uh, basically, students who go to religious or private colleges that are religious uh, would not be eligible for you know student loans and grants because the school holds a view that is uh, discriminatory, right? Mm -hmm. Now, okay, but the Department of Education basically has a monopoly on student loans, right? It's like your fast ones. I mean, you can go get private student loans, but that entire industry, like just in the last 20 years or so, was basically became something that the Department of Education did. Mm -hmm. So basically, all that money that goes into the Department of Education is now getting reserved for, you know, something that it's not based on personal belief. So while we might applaud the, you know, not firing somebody just because of sexual orientation or identity or whatever, mm -hmm. you're now screwing over a group of people that is actually mentioned in the actual Bill of Rights, which is religious freedom, right? You can believe and practice whatever you want. Yeah. And so I, I guess the question would have to be, why even have an Equality Act? I mean, why can't this all be framed in that same Bill of Rights? I mean, I, I don't know, because these things obviously can't coexist no. with, with the Equality <laughs> Act the way that it is. No, because no matter what you're... You're going to discriminate against a religious person. Right. Now. You're trading one discrimination for another discrimination. Yeah. Now, I understand the, oh, well, blah, 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 lefty, hate, right wing, religious people. I mean, it's, I, I get some of that. I do. But at the same time, I don't because this is basically, I mean, you're you're trading one punch for another punch. And, and that's mm -hmm. not going to, I mean, what are you going to, 20 yeah. years from now, you're going to have an even worse problem because the fact of the matter is, even though most people support some measure for you know lgbt stuff to be passed through congress mm -hmm. uh i think they're they're poking a giant or a giant or bear they in are my opinion you know it's uh if we all just kind of i guess left each other alone like this kind of shit wouldn't even be a big deal gay gay couple comes into a bakery hey they want a cake the bakery is very religious and then they find out and they're like hey sorry we, uh, that's against my religion. I can't do that for you. Gay couple's like, cool. I'll just right. go find another bakery. Hey, you know what? Then it gets known that this place doesn't do gay wedding cakes. And that is what it is. Right. If we all just fucking left each other alone, things would be so much simpler. But we got to involve the government in it, you know. And, and there's no winning in this. I mean, if you're a leftist or, or a, a transgender or whatever, then you're going to, you know, or, or gay, I guess. You're gonna think you're winning, but if you're a uh, you know a conservative, then you're losing, and so really there isn't a winner because they go the opposite way, according to leftists. You know the right's winning and the lefts are losing. You know, and it's always kind of a thing that they say, well, it's not gonna lead to this, it's not gonna lead to this, and it's like, well, I mean, 15 years ago it wasn't gonna be this. Oh, they're not gonna go after kids in school. They're not going to do this. They are. Nobody's trying to push stuff on it. It's like, you guys literally are like, our Absolutely. Next, what was it? The human health services secretary or something like that is, yes. a, is a trans guy, three year olds or something. Yeah. And so, I mean the whole, they're not going after your kids, but now we've seen, I think it was Massachusetts. This isn't related to trans stuff, but it's, you know, if a kid is 12, 
the school can ask the kid if they want, you know, a vaccination, for example, mm -hmm. and the kid can get it without parental consent or without the parents even being informed that the kid got the vaccine in the first place, unless the kid chooses to say it. I don't know if that in if that actually became law in Massachusetts, was but definitely definitely something that was considered. Mm -hmm. And how can you not see that as a stepping stone to this conversation about hormone blockers in kids, yep. whether they're eight or nine or 10? You know, another thing that kind of goes along with all this stuff is they were saying within Gen Z, uh, the, the population, you know, that says that they're LGBT. Not, mind you, that's not the same as like actually being it because I, I mean... I mean, come on. That's a trendy thing now. It, it, uh, it's it the, is. Uh, you, you cannot go to any gathering and not see those people who subscribe to that ideology and would say something like, I'm bi or I'm pan or whatever, yes. when in practice they are not whatsoever. It's just a trendy, stupid, bullshit thing. And it's exploding right now because mm -hmm. it's this poisonous ideology that's just getting into everything. And so I, I think the questioning of that human health whatever you know, on the stance on like kids and I mean, that's a huge topic. I mean, what are, what are rights? What rights does a kid have and what rights do parents have, mm -hmm. you know, and, and how do we, how do we define that? And what's the role of the state in all of this? Because all of this, all of this, the Equality Act, any of this stuff, this is all state power controlling an aspect of the social parts of society. Right. The state shouldn't have any part of it, but as far as like kids having rights, that's, that's, that's a hard one because I'm – kids' brains aren't even fully developed until I think th – there's been a lot lately – well, lately as in like the last 10 years that like brains aren't de fully developed till you're 25. So 13-year-old, 14, 15-year-old wants to have a sex change. Uh, you remember when you were a teenager – I remember when I was a teenager, there were decisions I made, and I knew I was right. I knew it was the right decision. You couldn't have told me otherwise. Now that I'm 33 years old, I was a fucking idiot. Yeah. 13, 14, 15-year-old kid or 16, even even an 18-year-old wants to get a sex change. And I understand we've all agreed that 18 is the adult age, but like you get that sex change and you get your fucking dick lopped off, that's something you're not coming back from. Right, and then, and then when, you, when you don't come back from it, you then blame society. A lot of them, I mean, absolutely. You, you, you see that. It then becomes society's yeah. fault that I'm not happy, society's fault yeah. that I'm not this, because whatever. And it's like, well, that's cause we maybe it's because you made a bad decision, and you're, yeah, you, you, you've embraced this victim thing, yeah. and you demand that everybody see your decision as good, even though I, I just, nobody cares, dude. Like, that's that's the big one for me is, you know, working in, like, corporate places, and it's not, like, awful where I'm at, but... You do see kind of those detached HR emails like that. And it's like, dude, this is like a manufacturing place. You guys yeah. are clubbing us over the head. I mean, there's in some areas, thousands of people working in relatively confined spaces and they're not getting in fistfights. And, and there's gay people and there's people of different races, people of different religions. Day to day, none of this stuff is an issue for most people. It's, it's right. just these people that are in this ivory tower, ivory tower that are detached in a completely separate building who think of these problems that nobody really gives a shit about. Not that there's no one who does, but like the average person, like just be a decent human being. Don't steal my shit. Don't hurt my family. Don't, you What's know, and leave me alone. And the non-aggression principle. We just yes. followed that. Yep. If we would just follow that, things would make so much more sense and we wouldn't even need the state to step in and become that moral authority. Right. But. Well, so I, 
I'll, I'll go this way with it too. We'll bring up the Gina Carano thing. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, rainbow flag stuff at work, you know, all month long, but like, you know, a person says something because of a political view, but that's fair game. I mean, is there going to have to be an equality act for political views in the future so that companies aren't firing you because you voted for the wrong person? Well, and that's the thing. If you post the wrong thing on Facebook and you have your job in your Facebook description, you work at such and such place and you post something that doesn't have anything to do with the company, they can still fire you if they don't agree with it. Right. And it's completely within the law. Sure. I and mean, so, so, I mean, that goes hand in hand with uh, kind of the, the, con- the inevitable confrontation between something like this and then religious freedom because religious freedom is already codified in the actual Constitution. Mm-hmm. So now what do you do? Right. Yeah, I mean... It's not so free anymore. You got you have to pass a supplemental law for something that's already in the Bill of Rights. Exactly. You know, it, which is, I don't know, we see that happening with the Second Amendment, right? I mean, I know these two things aren't, like, related subject matter-wise, but it's kind of the same thing. I mean, mm-hmm. shall not be infringed. I mean, how many gun laws are there out there? Oh, God. What you yeah. can own, what you can't own, who has to be registered, licenses, blah de blah frickin' blah But that was made for muskets and pistols and revolvers or whatever. Right. Okay. The, then the freedom of speech was made for pen and fucking, or quill and ink. Yeah. I mean, no. Right. Like, better get on a horse and fucking ride that shit across the fucking, you know, town in order to get that letter to somebody if that's how we're going to treat, you know. I think this is a big one. I think there's a lot of people that would hear guys like us talk about it and think that, uh, you know, it's just, oh, two right-wing guys. But, like, no, man, I, th- I think this is a massive one for it is. society. And it's not a anti-gay people thing it's like this is a legitimate issue for millions of people across this country it's on a, a level that literally some people are not going to be able to coexist for very long with others it's a freedom issue because the big difference between me me being a religious person and own a baker owning a bakery and a, a gay couple coming in and trying to get me to bake them a gay wedding cake that's a privilege for them to to be able to come to my place it's not a right. Right. There is a bill of rights, and religion is in that. It doesn't say, you know, the number 10, you know, <laughs> bake gay wedding cakes. It's just, you know, and I'm not a, I'm not saying people need to be discriminated against, but like I said a little bit ago, if we all would just learn to leave each other the fuck alone, okay, hey, guess what? They don't, it's nothing personal. Their religion states... That, you know, they, they, they don't believe in this, and that's why they're not going to do it. But the problem is people get fucking butt hurt. Oh, no, he didn't bake me a, we- a gay wedding cake. And then they throw a big fit about it when it's like, listen, as long as that person isn't being like a straight-up asshole or, you know, fo- not following the non-aggression principle, if they're being out of their way to... Which, which uh, they were. The couple that sued the baker intentionally went out of their way absolutely to target they that did. specific bakery yeah. just to bring a lawsuit. Yes. There's a myth that this was some innocent... Oh no, their feelings got super hurt because some guy just went on some anti-gay tirade. That is not at all what happened exactly. in that case. They they went after that place yep. specifically. Uh, you know, another one that I get tired of is they always hide this behind the racial thing. You know, as if you're suddenly arguing that it's okay to deny people because they're black. And, you know, all I'll say about that is try doing that today in 2020. See how long you last. In, exactly. in, in society and in social media and as a business. Huh. See how far that gets you to do that today. It, and it won't even have anything to do with the law. No. It, it just, uh, yeah, exactly. It's, I don't know, man. I'm a, 
big proponent of freedom. Yeah. I mean, freedom is dangerous. It is. You're, you're going to be unhappy with some things. Yeah. I, uh, I don't know. One thing we talked about the other day is, uh, there's a place the wife and I go camping and there's Amish people that will come down there and hang out and, you know, a whole bunch of them. And they come to the swim beach and, you know, they, they stay to their side of the swim beach and stuff, but mm-hmm. they swim fully clothed. The The girls are in life jackets with dresses on. I mean, you know, they don't mix with the boys when they're out there. And, uh, I just, on the other side of the swim beach, women in, you know, small bikinis and dudes running around, you know, drinking and hooting and hollering with, you know, loud, you know, rock music or rap music or, or whatever playing mm-hmm. people hanging out. Uh, boats, you know, with motors on them and, and stuff like that. And then the Amish people are just there. They're keeping to themselves. They're not hurting anybody. They don't make a mess. They pick up their trash. Uh, should you happen to, to bump into one or cross paths, they're they're nothing but polite. Yeah. And so I just, you know, the Amish people are surrounded by more things in their world that are evil, just pure evil. And they're, yeah, compared to their world, yes. And they're making it work. They're, they're yeah. out here at the beach having a good time. Not causing yep. a scene. It's don't cause problems with other people. Try to keep other people from causing problems with you. Pick up your mess when you leave. Have a good time. Don't swear. Don't, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. it's like society at large has lost something that like groups like the Amish uh, could teach us. You know, and I, I think it's an honor culture kind of thing. It's just, I mean, the Amish guy, he, 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 he looks at me. He doesn't. He doesn't like me. I mean, there's there's probably an amount of of judgment, just as there is with anything that goes on. About sure. look at this heathen guy, you know, with his wife in a bikini and his you know his daughter in some swimsuit that I don't like and things like that. But mm-hmm. but he'll smile and say hi, you know, as as we cross each other. Sure. You know, it's it's not. It doesn't have to be hateful. I mean, we're not going to go mix. He's not going to come over to my tent and ask about whatever music we're playing and how the speaker works. You know what I mean? But that's fine. Right. We don't. You don't have to yeah. intermingle. We just have to coexist because we both like this beach and we want to swim and let our kids have fun. Yeah. What's so hard about that? Yeah. <clears throat> well, you got people that just can't let it go, man. You gotta. Right. You know, we go. We we talked about the the moral authority and the moral high ground and stuff about a thousand times on the podcast, but. It goes back to we, when, you, when you give the state that moral authority, they get to choose what's right, what's right, and what's wrong. And the, the, the waters get real fucking muddy when we start doing stuff like this. Yeah. And speaking of not letting it go, that's a good segue into the one that's on the list. And this is kind of a throwback to the January 6th Capitol insurrection yeah. where uh, Pelosi says they're going to have a 9-11 style commission. You know, to investigate, and they're going to go so far as to take phone records from Congress people, and just this never-ending witch hunt for the right-wing boogeyman. You know, and I just <laughs> never letting things go, perpetual moral high ground, abuse the shit out of a scene, mm-hmm. and uh, I just, I don't know. I, there was a guy, uh, Joe Scarborough, John Scarborough, something like that, on the news, and was talking about how the Capitol thing was so much worse than any of the Antifa stuff, because I'm not going to compare a taco stand getting destroyed to our nation's capital, the symbol of our democracy. And it's like, it's a federal building funded by taxpayers. It had a few windows broken that were all replaced the next day on taxpayer expense. Taco stand guy had his life destroyed. 
Exactly. And even then, when he says taco stand guy, he he's uses taco stand in a derogatory sense to mean like, oh, you poor guy pushing your little food cart. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's derogatory. It's not... Peasants and yeah, kings. Yeah, it's peasants and kings. Yeah. And so the capital thing is just... Cry me a river, man. I mean, I just... I feel much worse for some guy who got his business and his livelihood destroyed than a bunch of people who don't live in the Capitol building, who don't have to go to the Capitol building. Who still make a paycheck. Still make a paycheck. A huge pension. Awesome medical care. They're all millionaires anyway before that. They get away with insider trading. They can fly around the world, do whatever they want, vote for shit that we don't like. And just why am I supposed to care? And then mm-hmm. why, why am I supposed to think that because this was at the Capitol, that this was somehow so much worse than all the other stuff? Because you know what the reality is? Even with all the Black Lives Matter and Antifa stuff, if your primary grievance is with the government, shouldn't your protest be directed at government? What? If your grievance is with police, shouldn't your grievance be directed at police? Yeah. And not it everybody's livelihoods around you burning down neighborhoods and torching quick trips and, and, and whatever yeah. it else that, that makes no yes. sense for me. Yes. All these yes. protests, like, like I'll say this, cause this was one of the ones we saw for a year in Portland, you know, where they were always targeting this federal courthouse at night and the fed troops were putting up a big fight to keep them from burning down this courthouse. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not rooting for Antifa to, to, to burn down a courthouse for the reasons that Antifa is doing it. But I, I get that, and I respect that. Like, if you guys are going to go target stuff, yeah. absolutely, go destroy the government building. Your grievance is with government. It's not with, you know, I mean, not necessarily that you even like the people that are in the neighborhood, but it's not, you're arguing about a system problem. Not so a, yeah. so go target things that represent the system. Yes. And that's okay. That's ha- that's what should happen. I mean, I think that first night after, the, I don't want to say the first night, but after the George Floyd thing, there was in Minneapolis, I think the... Uh, very early on, they burned down a police precinct. Mm-hmm. And even most people that I know that are on kind of the more hard right, they get that. Like, like they might yeah. not necessarily be like, this is what we should be doing, but they're like, I get it. Burn you that know? down instead yeah. of... Burn the, burn the police precinct yeah, down. I, I get it. You're, you're mad at yeah. cops. They did a bad thing. We all saw it. Okay, and, I, I understand it. Even if I don't like it, I understand it. And guess what? That police, that, that, that uh, police station or that uh, courthouse gets burned down. They all got to collect their paychecks still. Yep, no, that building, it. It, building will be rebuilt. And it'll be nicer. It will be. And the taco stand gets burned down. That guy's out of a business. Mm-hmm. His place probably won't get rebuilt. And not to mention, the taco stand, the 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 uh, uh, capitalism, you know, coming from nothing and starting your own business, to follow your passion, to have a living for your family, to maybe create generational wealth. That is what this fucking country is founded upon and stands for. Not the kings in the fucking Congress building. Right. And then the argument of, oh, well, these businesses, they have insurance. It's like, you fucktards don't realize that, like, a small business, he might have insurance on the building, right, to pay for the building that gets destroyed, but you're not replacing his income. Those are two dramatically different things. Like, his building gets burned down. Here's a bunch of money to build a new building. You know how much income he loses in the meantime waiting on that new building? You just destroyed a life. I mean, most small businesses are on, like, a razor-thin margin anyway right yes so you've just nuked that Mm -hmm. i mean now what it's you know this last year and i especially around january 6th when i saw people on twitter and facebook and you just whatever social media and and the media and they were talking about how how it was so bad and how the attack on the congress building was was just the worst thing ever i just see like that bdsm dude with a like the dog collar around his neck and someone leading him, except the person leading him is, you know, 
Congress. Right. And they're these, you know, do anything for the king. You know, bow down to the fucking king. Like, I said when that was going on, they didn't bring enough fucking gasoline and matches. Right. They should have burnt that fucking building to the ground. I don't give shit. Oh, the historical significance. Don't care. No, not at all. Because we don't care about history any other time. So, don't care. And, you know, I guess to kind of go back to when we you first brought this up. But Trump, like, I mean, he took his big American MAGA dick out and he royally fucked these people in the mind so much. Like, they cannot let it go. No, they can't. They And they, I don't think they ever will. They're the jilted ex-wife. Yes, they are. Because once this 9-11 commission-style panel goes away... It's it's gonna be within civil courts, and it's gonna it's just there's something always gonna right. you know AOC will end up suing him for I don't know damage to her self esteem or something fucking stupid even though she wasn't in the same building but right you know well and, and look at all these people that you know you see them on Twitter putting out pictures help us identify this person uh, or or find where they are stuff like that and it's like how many Antifa people got arrested and let out for like actual destruction of property oh by the way Kamala Harris Pelosi yeah, AOC ran a bell fund yeah yep uh. It's just so insane. It is, man. Kings and queens, peasants and fucking followers. I don't know what what else you call us. Right. Us, us low life people at the bottom. You, you know, know, and I think the conspiracy there too has got to be. I mean, you can say Trump was president, so that's why none of it happened. But I'm not buying it because the person who runs the Capitol Police is the Speaker of the House, which is Pelosi and her folks. Uh-huh. So why wasn't there more police there? Because we know for a fact there was national guard activated in the area yep they actually suggested or requested right that they be there or somebody did mm-hmm. and then they were told no stand down who did that exactly remind you of benghazi what i mean just just think about it yes. i mean i think about when the when they were going after the white house or stuff earlier on as part of the antifa blm stuff now granted trump had a more active role in this because you're just talking national guard but you saw fences you saw a lot more police where was all that on January 6th? Yeah. Which they knew was coming because the president was giving a speech. This was not an unknown, spontaneous thing. No, no. At all. So, yeah, but... So where was it? If, well, like, if this was such a big deal, why was it even allowed to get to that point in the first place? Yeah. With the intelligence we have, if our intelligence community is so good, they didn't they didn't pick up on... They didn't find chatter across the internet. It's the big PSYOP thing. Well, I mean, so they have chatter. Right now, now that it's been a month, they say, "Oh well, there were some groups planning to do specific things." In so advance. you didn't prepare for it. You didn't prepare for it exactly. Yeah, and and but nobody asked that question, mm-hmm. right? This is a classic, you know. Oh yeah, we're gonna investigate. We're gonna investigate. And then they wait a month later and tell you, "Ha ha yeah, we were in on it all along." And you know, here's what really happened. Yeah, we're living in a movie, man. Yeah, I it's mean, a, it's, it's a, just a, all it's about news movie. footage, and it's yeah. it's it's just shit. I think you know well. This goes down a, a different path, but just the one good thing that, that came from the Trump presidency is n- more people have a very healthy distrust for the government. Yeah, they're aware of it. And I think especially mm-hmm. when you look at like Joe Biden's Twitter so far, it's just platitude, platitude, after platitude, platitude, platitude. Yeah. platitude. And more people are like, yeah, this is disingenuous. This is the kind of shit where, like, when you have a, a, a like, if you work at a big company and you have a town hall with, like, the CEO or something, and yeah. you just get, like, these political non-answers, and you're mm-hmm. like, yeah, he fucking knows. He's just not saying anything, right? Exactly. And and everybody knows it now. Yeah. And it's not a Republican-Democrat thing. I mean, I think that's the big myth is that even in the January 6th stuff, I mean, sure, those people, we all have big disagreements on how 
government should function. But our primary grievance is with the system mm-hmm. more so than it is each other at the moment. And so that's where our ire should be directed. So I actually think, you know, if you want to talk about unity, that's the unity. I mean, yeah. the, the unity, the unifying thing is that we don't get along. And to me, that should be a easy decision to make uh-huh. of, wow, I really hate my roommate. It sucks that we're in the same house. I think I'll just go kick my roommate's ass until he does everything I want him to do because fuck that guy. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. It means you guys leave and you go get different apartments. What? Oh, that's a good idea. And so that's what we need to do nationally, in my opinion. Yeah. Well, it's leave and go get different apartments. It's almost like we got 50 individual states where we can well, already we're, do that. Well, we're so addicted to this Lincoln bullshit of house divided cannot stand. Exactly. And it's like, I mean, you could just have two houses. I yeah. mean, people do it all the time when they get divorced. I mean, it's just, you it's, know. And it's not that big of a deal. <laughs> yeah, and the kids can go visit. I mean, uh, yeah, divorce is terrible. I get it. There's going to be lots of ramifications yes. happen with yes. the dissolving of America. Yes. But on some level, that needs to happen for the safety of everyone involved. Right? Because otherwise, uh-huh. one of these spouses is going to pick up that baseball bat. That's and it. I'm not so sure you're not seeing that with some of this Democrat shit, whether mm-hmm. it's the censorship of things on the internet. Uh, there was a talk about, uh, you know, nationalizing internet stuff. I mean, if you think speech issues now are heading towards a slippery slope, I mean, imagine what that's going to be like when it's government infrastructure, right? And the government is full of people who are like, you can't say this, you can't do this, you can't do that, you can't post this, you can't have this business, you have to do this, you have to do that. I mean... Mm-hmm. I don't know. Everybody always hides under this, well, that'll never happen here. And it's like, you realize Adolf Hitler never had over 50% like approval, ever, right? Yeah. It doesn't take much. And so, well, it's the punch a Nazi. It's become socially acceptable. In the public of court opinion, it's become socially acceptable to assault someone who is a Nazi. Now, Everyone's the term... A Nazi. Exactly. If you are a Trump supporter, you're a Nazi. You're a domestic terrorist. If you don't uh, support... The gay wedding cake getting banked. You are a Nazi. And it's okay to punch that person. Right. And then they pick the word Nazi because we've we've so villainized, and rightly so, Nazis in mm-hmm. history and in the human psyche that they're subhuman. It's like, it's yes. oh, Nazi. This is automatically bad. Yep. It's okay to do whatever you want. The and whole. so when you apply that term to another individual, you're, it's, you know, it's funny because several years ago when the, you remember the NPC memes? Mm-hmm. Like like the gray cartoon face? Yeah, the, yeah. non-player now, character for yes, people that yes, don't know what NPC absolutely. is. Yes, absolutely. Now, everybody's aware that that was banned from Twitter, right? If you posted memes like that for a time, your account would get suspended and they would delete the post and whatever. I actually did not know that. And it was because those memes were dehumanizing. They were taking people's <laughs> opinions and turning them into a person without agency who was just a robot. And that's dangerous. But there's a lot of that out there, though. That's the exact same thing <laughs> as calling someone a Nazi. Sure. It is sure, literally yeah. the same. Because yeah. if you dehumanize someone, you can now disregard them. Just like you could disregard a dead animal on the side of the road. Mm-hmm. Nobody stops to pick up that body, right? But a, a human body, sure, pick that up. It's still a person. But yeah. if those things are not people... Now, we're not to the point yet where this has led to uh, violence, even though some people are going to say that it has. But But the second that that happens... Oh, man, because now it's okay. You have a moral green light to go kill a non-human, right? So if it's a Nazi and and you have to go wage a war, yeah, you have to kill the Nazis, man. You have to kill the the insert whatever. And that's – you you were reading that book, which I I want to. Yeah, The Scarlet Memorial. And I remember you told me a story about the book, and it was 
basically a guy was running from a couple people or something. He ran up to a police officer and he, help me, help me, help me. They're trying to kill me. And the cop's like, not my problem. Right. The guy got killed because he wasn't a communist. Right. And all it took was a couple people saying, that guy's not a communist. Right. He's a threat to our society. Yeah. He's somebody who doesn't belong here, and yep. he's going to sell us all out and cause a bunch of problems for everybody. He's got to go. Insert. He's a Nazi. Yep. <clears throat> well, yeah. better get rid of him. Not my problem. Right. That's very, very, very dangerous. Yeah. Yep. And, you know, we're, we're not to that point yet, but, man, we're, like, if it's a slope, we're on it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, how far are we going to go? That is why I also exercise my Second Amendment right wherever I go. Yeah, you should. Everybody should. And and the and in the good state of Kansas, they're okay with that. Yeah, which is is fantastic. All fifty states should be shouldn't need a fucking government permit to right. uh, you know. But anywho, um, I gotta pee. That's fine. We'll take a quick little break here. Uh, and we're back. We took a tinkle break. So, Governor Cuomo. Of New York. This guy's a real piece of shit. Yeah. So, Cuomo. So, at the height of the Rona stuff, early on, the last year of Trump presidency, Andrew Cuomo was, like, the hero. It was, why can't all of our politicians be leaders like Andrew Cuomo? Look at him on TV giving an address, letting everybody know what the situation is with mm-hmm. the coronavirus and how we're all going to be safe and get through it. Now... At the time, everybody was pointing out, well, they told all these nursing homes to take all these infected patients. Mm-hmm. Even then at the time, knowing that elderly were the most vulnerable population. And that got buried in the news. The news pretended like that wasn't a thing. Most states with Democrat governors did that. New York, uh, Pennsylvania was actually an issue at the time because the Pennsylvania governor actually pulled his mom from a nursing home. Mm-hmm. Sure did. Just as all that was happening. Mm-hmm. Um, even here in Kansas, Laura Kelly gave a, signa- a similar uh, edict that the nursing homes had to take all these infected patients. And even in our state of Kansas for a long time, it was like, oh, man, there's all these deaths. And it's like, yeah, but like 85% of them are nursing home related in a few places in like Kansas City and Wichita. Yeah. So uh, anyway, they all ignored that for a long time. Cuomo was going to be the guy. There was some talk about, you know, Cuomo being a dark horse president candidate or his name being in the hat for 2024 or something like that. And then now that some time has passed, oh, we can't have Cuomo hogging all the spotlight. So fuck that guy. And now the nursing home stuff is in the news, right? Mm -hmm. And then now I'm not saying it didn't happen because that's not the point I'm making, but it's, it's kind of the cliche sexual harassment. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, we got a male. He's got to go. Yeah. Sexual harassment. Yeah. You know what's kind of funny? The whole thing. Republicans have been saying for over a year now, um, just coronavirus Cuomo related for over a year now. Well, yeah, over a year now. About how bad of decisions he made, how he needs to go, how he's terrible. And the left was the exact opposite. And then all of a sudden, it's like the left was like, oh, no, he's actually bad. Boom, switch. He's the worst. He's out. Sexual harassment. It just goes to show you who's in control when it comes to like the media because he's always been good. He's been this perfect little angel for a fucking year. And now it's like they finally, I guess, realize maybe he's not so good. And he used him up. Yep. He, yeah. he's, he's like the uh, the pawn, mm, right? Mm, yeah. You use this yeah. guy for all this shit, and then when you're done with him, you just throw him away. Yeah. You don't want him getting, getting full yeah. of himself, so we got to get rid of him. I just think that's funny because it's, it's a... You know, the left eats its own. 
Yeah. And, and they do that all the time, and this is yeah. a classic example. Mm-hmm. You know what, do you think uh, it's a conspiracy that he, he did that and he wanted people to die, or do you think he was just doing it for political gain for the Democratic Party? Um, I have mixed feelings on it. I could speak to the conspiracy part, but I could also understand raw incompetence. Yeah. I will say that I think it is fascinating that it's Democrat governors who all gave similar orders at about the same time. And I think that's the Uh big one that I think people should look at is regardless of if that was a knowing, intentional, you know, thing, Mm -hmm. as far as, oh, these old people, we got to get them off the rolls. uh, It just goes to demonstrate that the Democrat Party is essentially acting like the single communist party in China. Mm-hmm. They are one unit. There might be a hundred heads or whatever, but they are all the same. They all think the same. They have one token guy, Joe Manchin in West Virginia, uh-huh. who when they do something really controversial to get their base fired up, they have this one guy who 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 takes the stand and says no. And it's entirely just to give them a pass. Sure. So it's set up. And he's a pawn. Yeah, we see that. And so I would think on the nursing home thing, uh, you know, I th- the big part why Cuomo's in trouble is because they hid some numbers. A lot more people died than what they said mm-hmm. died as related to nursing homes. But a lot of states did that. And so there has to be some questioning, I wonder, of so why are we drawing so much ire at Cuomo when all these other states did the same thing and a lot of people died and we knew it? Mm-hmm. And a lot of people... You know, more so on the right, because we were more questioning of that whole thing at the time. Yeah. We're saying this was incredibly fucked up. And, but they won't, they won't take that, right? They just leave it at Cuomo. So they're not really interested in an answer or what really went on. You know, it's just smoke and mirrors. Right. Insert sexual harassment. Right? Well, and Don't you got too many people asking about nursing homes. Like you so. said, pawn, he, they need a fall guy. Yeah, so are not asking too many questions. If they didn't, you know, if they didn't put, they didn't have some sort of fall guy out there. Well, we, we sit here and we talk about all these other Democratic governors. Well, focus all the spotlight on one guy. Hey, look at, yep, yeah, look at, look what we did here. We had a bad guy. Uh, people's mind get taken off of all the right. other Democratic governors. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, I'm, I fall down that conspiracy the whole hard because it's just way too much of a coincidence. And I don't know if they had these secret meetings. And oh, COVID, the Great Reset, the timing yeah. of all this shit, all the governors doing the same thing, the massive lockdowns, only government can save you. Yeah. We have to have stimulus checks. How are we going to save the planet? COVID, the mm. new normal. Oh, man. it's This is like, what a time to fucking be alive. Like, a <laughs> yeah. hundred years from now, what are people going to think? Because it's not like this is something that happened in 1700 and you'll have like maybe one newspaper clipping that somebody preserves that actually ends up in a museum. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are petabytes and petabytes of images and videos and news clippings and stuff that is going to be around forever yes and so they have to push narratives really hard because there's lots of potential for narratives to be overturned right they go hand in hand so yeah what what, in a hundred years what are people going to think of all this crap i think it's going to be awfully hard to look at how some of our you know elected and unelected officials have behaved and not see more than just reaction yeah Anywho, I guess we jump on to the next one. And now, thrift shopping. Yeah, so this one is, uh, you know, it's still political, a little less political, but popular science article, thrift shopping is an environmental (laughs) and ethical trap. Now, to give the article its chance before I start shredding it, 
the basically what they're trying to say is that clothing is a huge industry. We produce tons of clothes for tons of people every year. A lot of people only have a piece of clothing for a short period of time before getting rid of it mm-hmm. and buying a new piece of clothing. Mm-hmm. So the argument they're trying to make is that the environmental impact of producing so many clothes, Cheap clothing. is bad. Yeah. And therefore we should try to find ways to make clothing last longer or people buy less clothing and things like that. I I don't disagree with that. There's because... a there's a way to think about that but not the way this article goes. Right. The way this article goes it basically starts shitting on thrift stores like the DAV and <laughs> yeah. the Goodwill and stuff like uh-huh. that because people donate clothes to the Goodwill, poor people come buy the clothes, and then it even points out that some 40% of Gen Z, which surprised me, uh, buys yeah, a lot yeah. of their clothes at thrift stores. Uh, now, it fits if you're also considering, hey, this is the student loan debt, student loan debt generation, right? The generation that can't go get, true. you know, $30, $40 an hour jobs like even some of the millennials, right, go and get. So, uh what they're arguing for is that basically doing away with that, right? Which I think is problematic because, I mean, like even the article says, a lot of people, that is where they get a lot of their clothes because they can't afford the new stuff, but they can go get nice clothes at the DAV. I've, I, I, shit, I said not long ago, I have a nice wool coat mm-hmm. that I got from, from a, a Goodwill. I, growing up, we were very, very poor. All of our clothes came from the DAV or... A thrift store or a Goodwill. Sure. Everything we owned. And there's a huge place in the market for that because there's a there's a difference between somebody who is so poor or so messed up that they have to have welfare checks or they have to have charity. Uh-huh. There's a lot of people who they're not to the point that they need charity, right? Mm-hmm. They can afford to buy stuff. They're just not going to go to Von Mar or whatever or, you know, and buy stuff. Right. So they can go to the Goodwill. They can spend money on on goods that otherwise might end up in the trash, which would be a bigger environmental issue, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Instead, these clothes get recycled. Somebody gets to make a purchase. They feel like they found something. They feel like they bought something, right? That, that's a that's a service yeah. that I think is absolutely necessary. And they're basically arguing for doing away from that and then, you know, having less clothes and things like that. And maybe if we made clothes more expensive, people would buy less clothes and they'd keep them longer. And it's like... Uh, uh, mixed feelings. So yeah, I understand the uh, idea of, of of buying stuff, making stuff that lasts longer. Because there was a time in history when uh, cars and just you know your toaster or your your TV. I mean, you'll think about the old cathode ray tube televisions. It lasts thirty fucking years. We 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 used to build stuff to last long. Now we build stuff to not last very long. So the consumer has to buy a new one every other year or something like that. And and, and I understand that point of it, but. To do it to get rid of thrift stores is seems to be very stupid. Yeah, and it's like the dumbest thing that you could possibly pick on that they're picking on. And I, I would, you know, it's obviously an article if you read it. It's written from the ivory tower perspective mm. because, you know, as I don't have like the most manual labor job in the world, but, you know, I have land and I'm outside and I'm always doing stuff. I'm a pretty active person. So, you know, if you go to one of these stores like Von Mar or something – and buy a $60 V-neck t-shirt. Dude, you ain't going to be doing no work in that thing. No. That thing's going to last two weeks, and it's going to be busted at the seams, and that little thin, flimsy material that's like all the rage now because it's super comfortable ain't durable for shit. No. I mean, how many times is that going to go through the wash? Those shirts are made to like, 
yeah, rich people can think like that because they buy a whole bunch of clothes and they wear the that that particular t-shirt like once every other month. Right, right. So it lasts them a long time. Right. The average person, I mean, you know, for people that have 30 pairs of jeans in their closets, which surprisingly there's quite a few people like that that have, you know, tons of articles of clothing. I'd like Sure, that. it'd last them for a long time, but me, yeah. nah. I got, like, five pairs of jeans, and really there's only two of them that are in heavy rotation. (laughs) You know what I mean? At at any given time, I only have – because, well, I wear slacks because my job. Sure, yeah. But I only have one to two pairs of jeans, and I usually bust the crotch out of one of them. So I only have one. Then I'll go buy another one, and I'll, like, yes, got two pairs again. Bust the crotch out of the old one. So that's kind of my thing. Sure. I mean (laughs) – Well, and then I think the other one, too, is that it's just – I mean – style comfort i mean people's body type doesn't stay the same even throughout a a given year necessarily you know you get bigger you get smaller uh, you want something a little looser a little tighter whatever you go on keto you get off keto yeah you work out that's a lot of people and i just i don't know in my mind it was like this is the ivory tower people who want you to eat fake beef Mm -hmm. and not live in a neighborhood live in a giant sky rise condominium with an apartment yeah you know they just want you to wear a single jumpsuit all, you know, it's a prison, basically, because that's the ideal form of clothing. Why not just wear a super comfortable jumpsuit everywhere you go that the government allots you so many a year because science has determined that this should last? You know what I mean? Right. That's where we're headed. Right. And that's not freedom. That's, that's you know, your fucking cattle in a field with a little tag in your ear. <laughs> it, it is. It is. Just follow along. Listen to us. We know what's best for you. The, uh... That mentality that the liberals do for uh, people of color right now, they're trying to push on to everybody. Yeah, and, and that's... The, the we know it's best for you mentality. Right. And, and then, and you know, the irony there is, oh, we're so concerned about poverty, let's get rid of all the thrift stores. Yeah, exactly. We will supply you with everything you need, poor, poor person. Okay. So, off politics... Uh, Obviously, the Mars rover Perseverance landed the other day. Uh, if you haven't watched the video, definitely worth checking out to see a planet in yeah. video in HD. is is pretty awesome. Pretty neat. And pretty fucking neat. Very technically impressive that they're able to do that with that degree of accuracy. It's just insane. Um, so the article we have pulled up here isn't really anything specific. It's just kind of to point out there was a the U.S. Langer rover Perseverance is going to go looking like directly for mm-hmm. life. Uh, it has a, a drone attached to it, a little helicopter. Going to be the first thing to fly on another planet that's there, too. Uh, China also landed a rover on Mars. It's a lot smaller than Perseverance. It's it's about the size of some of the older U.S. rovers uh, like Spirit and Opportunity mm-hmm. around the same time Perseverance landed. So that'll be cool. There'll be you know more pictures coming from China. And space rivalries aside, I think that's awesome that there's now more than one country that can do significant things like that in space. And then the United Arab Emirates actually uh, has an orbiter around Mars now too to take pictures and, you know, different measurements and stuff like that, which is also awesome, you know, because that's a country that does have a lot of money and a lot of uh, capital as far as intelligence and, and things like that. And they're getting in the space game now too. So I think we might be headed towards a little golden age of space exploration that we haven't really seen since the apollo moon landings the 60s yeah so you've got pulled up here it's funny uh wife showed me the same thing the uh, <laughs> the, the the mars is uh, bullshit stuff 
I get, oh, it's Devon Island. Sorry, I kept thinking it was Devion. So I don't subscribe to this conspiracy theory because I'm – well, Wade's definitely bigger, more of a nerd when it comes to space than me, but I am still a big ner- uh, space nerd. Um, but there is a conspiracy theory out there that we've never landed anything on Mars, and there is this place in Greenland called Devon Island. And, uh, I mean, I, I get it. Like, there's this one picture just on – Yeah. That's a YouTube video. I'll just go to it if I can get it to load. Um. You say your wife showed it to you? Well, this is loading. I, that picture that you have the mouse on right now, I saw that screenshot. I haven't watched the video. Okay. I will say this, though. So, what the f- there is a rover on Earth. I think it's in Arizona. Well, that they, is just like the Perseverance rover. Because it's practice. not like they send a billion-dollar rover to Mars. <laughs> right. Like, well, let's hope it works. No. no. They have an identical one in Arizona, I, you know, or, whatever, or a very, very similar one. And they drive that one around. So if they have problems with the one on Mars, they troubleshoot with the one on Earth. Because if they break the one on Earth, they can just fix it. And so they test it on that, and then they send that fix up to Mars to go do this, go do that. Or like if they get stuck behind a rock, they Uh they practice a maneuver to get away from it with the one on Earth. And so there is actually a miniature Mars setup on Earth where Uh NASA is, and they do take pictures and you can see it, where they perform a lot of this stuff. And I'm just going to go out on a limb here and just, I can't get this video to play, but I'm just going to go out on a limb and say that uh, this have this Mars, there's like a hill and they're in the screenshot. There's a, a side-by-side image of Devon yeah. Island where it's also a hill that you actually could go and you could kind of try to make it as identical as possible. Yeah, I mean, it's to, just, it's simple photo editing. I mean, Mars doesn't right. have as much light. It's red and it's just an easy filter thing. Like the, yeah. NASA does that on pictures all the time. They correct the Mars images to look more like Earth images so you can get a better idea of what you're actually looking at because otherwise it's like looking through a dust cloud. Everything's kind of the same color. They want to show you the distinctness of it because obviously their big giant galaxy science brains are better able to understand that because they're used to it whereas Mm -hmm. like you and I who we know nothing about geology we're just kind of staring at images. Yeah. You know, we'd be underwhelmed and they don't want you to be underwhelmed. They want you to be like, wow, look how exciting this is. Mm Mm-hmm. I can't get it to load, but for some reason I click on that and nothing happens. That's weird. Well, whatever. But it's just interesting that there are people um, that actually, well, you know, there's a lot of, I'm a, I, I've always kind of considered myself a conspiracy enthusiast. Mm-hmm. You know, I, lo- I love conspiracy theories. Like, even the ones I don't believe in, I love to hear about them because I'm like, well, the imagination is at work, you know? But the people that actually, you know, it's like the... Not to go down this path, but it's like the, yeah. Q, the Q people. Right. You know, it's like, okay, guys. You know, I, I could get on board with some of it. It's just the problem with that is the conspiracy that they're invoking requires so many people to be on the inside uh-huh. that it's just not possible. People don't keep secrets. The military has a hard time keeping secrets. Uh-huh. Corporations like Lockheed can't keep the F-35 secret. And China's got one fucking flying around. Right. You know? So... How do you think that an uh, organization like NASA could keep that secret just by merely going to a, people flew drones across Jeffrey Epstein's island? Some dudes actually went over to his place mm-hmm. and walked around and took pictures and shit. I mean, if that was the center of like cabal bullshit, you know what I mean? Like, right, right. I, I just even within the conspiracy realm, it just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. And then the other one that's just is kind of sad, and I I'll bring up ancient aliens too in a minute is 
it's kind of a discredit to humanity. I mean, because when you say that this all had to be faked, you're basically saying that all oh, humans are too stupid to figure this out. And I think, no, I mean, you know, for all the faults that we have, history tells us that humans are really good at solving problems. I mean, it might take us a while. I mean, relative to our own thinking, because there's literally nothing else on this planet that is tackling issues like we are. Mm-hmm. I mean, even within climate change stuff, which I don't really subscribe to the whole global warming doomsday thing, but even if if you did and say that humans were the cause of this, those same people that say that are also arguing that humans can also be the solution to it, mm-hmm. right? So, I mean, there's yeah, there's yeah. there's tremendous amounts of power and capability that humans have, and that's what makes us different from a lot of the animals is that we can think about things like this and do things to it. And we terraform our own planet, basically, is what we're doing. So why couldn't we shoot a giant rocket and hit a rock that's out there in space? You know, there's an amount of luck to that, sure, but... Sure. Doesn't mean that it's impossible. Right, right, right. Well, and I, so I said I'd bring up ancient aliens. Um, oh, same, same, yeah. same thing with ancient aliens. Like when they say aliens had to build the pyramids or something like that. I just no. I mean, humans solve problems, and and one of the things with like the pyramids in Egypt is that it's really hard for us to think about today because our government turns over like every four years. Like even the Biden Trump thing. You know, you're seeing within four years a policy at the border has been thrown out or a space policy changes or a a foreign policy completely does a 180, right? We go from fuck Iran to we love Iran now, right? To we love Saudi Arabia to fuck Saudi Arabia. Four years, complete 180. So think about a time when the only heavy industry was masonry. Rocks is what you made stuff out of. There wasn't really much timber. There wasn't really much anything. It was you chisel a rock because mm-hmm. it lasts and it's everywhere. Yeah. And everybody does it. That's literally the only trade. You don't have people building cars and writing software and building houses. You just have masons. They build all the houses. They build all the roads. They build all the temples. They find all the the gems and stuff through the process of mining and doing masonry. And now you also have a society that has a guy who's king for life. And when he dies, his son is going to take over or his daughter. Yeah. And it's going to continue. And so you have the same society with the same goals for a hundred years or more. You don't think they could manage to put something together in that time period? Because that's exactly what they did. And that's exactly how long it took. It wasn't yeah. like they, oh, we're going to build a pyramid six months later, like your house. Oh, well, cool. We built a pyramid. No, exactly. Yeah. I have a, I have an interesting theory behind that. Um, something I've just kind of thought about the last, well, probably week or so. I think you, you originally brought it up, then I read an article. But it was talking about the uh, reversal of the... It's on pole. here. Yeah, it's, 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 okay, well, it's at the bottom there. Let's skip to it. Okay, okay. All right, so... Um, the reversal of the polls, and I'll... If I can get it to open up... Um, I think it said it was the last time it did it was... 42,000 years 000. ago. Okay, so we, the the age of the pyramids, there's been a lot of controversy on... They thought it was this, and then they thought it was X amount of years old. and they, you know, it, it, I don't think we really know. How, how many times has the polls actually actually switched? And, and, and if the polls switch now, we know it's going to be crazy. Uh Radiation from the sun, EMPs, every bit, especially if you're a not as an advanced civilization as we are now, you're wiped out. 
I read one today. Uh, actually, I, I meant to go put it in here, but I didn't. And they actually are thinking that this may have the reason why to do the Neanderthals, why they yeah, became yep. extinct. I saw that one too. Because they weren't advanced, and, and maybe we've gotten lucky, and maybe it was 42,000 years ago. So I've always kind of, you know, I mean... Well, number one, because 42 is the answer to everything, the meaning to life in go- in Idiot's Guide sure. to the Galaxy or whatever. Okay, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's, but, uh... Yeah, so basically they had, there was these, they found some trees, and I think it was New Zealand, and uh-huh. they can measure the amount of, uh, I believe it was carbon-14 that is left over in the tree, mm-hmm. because a tree is like a time capsule for how the atmosphere was at the time that the tree died or lived or whatever, mm-hmm. and so they know, based on what's in this tree, that the atmosphere was a certain way. Now, geologically, they can also tie that to the last magnetic pole reversal, right? Using just geology and stuff. Right. And so what they've figured out by having enough of these samples now is that when the poles reversed, right, the the issue that we think of today that you might see in like a doomsday movie is, you know, the GPS fails or the computer systems freak out and our techno empire crumbles. It's kind of worse than that because Mm -hmm. what happened was the pole reversal itself really wasn't that big of a deal. It was the time preceding the pole reversal that was a really bad deal because the Earth's magnetic field was, I think it was up to like 800 times weaker. Or, or no, not it was, it was weak for a period of like 800 years preceding the pole reversal. So you have almost uh, yes. a millennium of yeah. a reduced magnetic field that at some points got down to like 0% strength or like 6% strength of what it normally is. That's a big deal because that means solar wind, solar radiation just directly hits the earth and it cooks the atmosphere, right? And that's how you get this carbon-14 that they find in the trees. And it produces all sorts of changes on the earth, you know, aside from just, you know, greater amounts of radiation that things are, you know, experiencing as they're on the surface. And so the earth would have been in an absolute time of upheaval because the atmosphere is changing, right? So we talk about climate change and all this stuff and carbon in the atmosphere, well, now you have the sun is doing it because your magnetic field is not there. There's nothing you can do about it. And it lasted for 800 freaking years. Yeah. And so the climate changes, the weather changes, everything on Earth changes. Mm-hmm. Lots of things presumably wouldn't be able to keep up with that because animals can't migrate fast enough. You know, turtles can't change the damn beach that they lay their eggs on. So how the hell are they supposed to figure out this? So to the Neanderthal point, they think, well, maybe the Neanderthals... They didn't figure this out, right? But like Cro-Magnon, which is like, you know, the more modern human, they, they moved into caves and, and yeah. things like that. And so... Why were the pyramids built? Yeah. And so I, uh, you know, and to the point that you're making on the pyramids and even, you know, the ancient aliens thing, I wonder, you know, is this that? Was there a, a civilization at the time that made some accomplishments yeah. and they just got completely wiped out because something that they could have no effect on whatsoever? Because even today, if the Earth's magnetic field takes a nosedive like it did then there's nothing we can do about it oh. we'll go mean, underground but that's about it yeah the only thing you could do in theory is if you could produce a giant solar shield and put it at the right spot between earth and the sun i mean sure it would basically like like a slipstream like when you hold your hand out the window of a car yeah you could do that to the solar wind i mean they've talked about doing it to mars yeah. to, to help restore mars but you know that's such a massive economic and engineering undertaking that i I, that would be truly biblical if they wonder, ever pulled that off. I wonder if we off. could maybe throw some silver iodide or whatever it is they cloud seed with. 
Ah, see, now you know they're trying Zechariah Sitchin shit, because that's the whole premise of ancient aliens, is like the ancient aliens were here (laughs) to produce these primates that could mine for gold because they needed gold dust for their atmosphere to help deflect solar radiation because their planet was dying, and that's why we love gold, and that's also why we're smart, and that's also why there's like different races of humans, because different races of humans each had a different attribute that made them better or worse at one thing than another. Sure. Well, you know that's the global warming thing to cool the planet, too. I think it's silver iodine. To spray it in the atmosphere. The cloud seeding thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. To, to help cool the planet down. Well, yeah. you, maybe the same thing. I don't know. It's just, it's an interesting theory I had, you know, of something I thought about was, you know, I've always kind of wondered, like, if the Earth is X amount of billion years old, has there, have there been civilizations? And over, if it's an 800-year span of stuff being just completely fucked up. Oh, yeah. And crazy weather and super strong winds. Well, one, that's climate change. We won't go into that. But, I mean, a civilization that's not that advanced could easily be wiped out. Dude, when we read politics, we're talking people can't remember shit from four weeks ago and be like, well, this is blatant hypocrisy. The whole world is like, oh, well, yep. Yeah, yeah. How the fuck are we going to remember shit 800 years ago? Exactly. I mean, if, if like, think about if there's no magnetic field on the Earth. So, like, talk about the, the EMP effect. Oh, no, a big solar flare. Earth gets hit by... Over a dozen of those a year. Mm-hmm. A year. Right? But normally, Earth's magnetic field takes the brunt of that force. You see a cool aurora in the sky, and that's mostly it. Might be some minor satellite disruptions and things like that. If the Earth has no magnetic field, those minor solar flares become big solar flares. And the big solar flares become apocalyptic. Mm-hmm. And so, if you're talking an 800-year period where electronics would have to be permanently underground... Yeah. basically in a in a faraday cage to survive i just it's not going to happen so in 800 years what happens to your techno society if it's wiped out and you can't build new electronics because they're just going to get wiped out as they're built mm-hmm. i mean because think about it even today even though we know this we don't do anything about it there's a fucking solar flare now there are gun safes that are actually emp proof uh, mine actually is i looked into that the lock because it's a digital electronic lock yeah. It's not EMP proof, it's EMP resistant, put it that way. Uh, some of that stuff exists, but for the most part, no. This computer's gone, all this recording shit's gone. Everything. Assuming that it's a big enough solar flare. Yeah. But if there's no magnetic field, it doesn't take the same kind of massive solar flare that it would take today to do that. No. So, yeah, yeah. yeah 800 years of that happening continuously. I mean, the, the electronics become a liability. Because if you're trying to get something done, you can't depend on something that might be fried a week from now. Right. And then just just think of the displacement of people, right? Like if, you know, one city has all the educated or all the manufacturing of a certain good or all the farming or whatever, and that place gets wiped out, now what? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, just a little little tidbit I thought about. It's interesting, very. Yeah, that's a massive one. And I, I, it's funny because, you know, that's now kind of the, I think, moving towards the new consensus in even just a few years ago, that was kind of not those specific events, but it was kind of in the realm of Graham Hancock conspiracy stuff of Mm -hmm. there was some cataclysm in the ice age that, you know, separated our world from whatever civilization was before us. And that's still a little bit taboo, but now we know that, well, hell, there was at least one mega cataclysm. And then the thing is then when all that happened, the carbon level in the atmosphere was significantly lower, right? That's why there was an ice age. And so now carbon levels are higher, 
It would just amplify the effects of a weakened magnetic field if that were to happen today. And before you think that that's just an argument for a global warming, climate change, shit like that, consider that this also happened during the time of the dinosaurs when carbon levels were some 2,000 times what mm -hmm. they are today. That's why trees and plants were so big. That's why these huge herbivores could be sustained because they'd eat tons and tons of leaves and they'd all be regrown within two days. Yeah. I mean, they had to have huge herbivores just to trim the plants down. So. But cows farting. Oh, man. Fuck them. Or what's going to make the plan, planet too hot. Meat goo. Yeah. Anyway, on to the next one. This one was... Uh, China and Russia agree to collaborate on a lunar base. Yeah, so uh, this is another one where, you know, we don't really have to get, like, too specific with the actual article, which is in Futurism. Uh, it's called China and Russia Agree to Collaborate on a Lunar Base. Uh, I think the big one I wanted to point out there is Space Race 2.0. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're going to be fighting on the moon for too much longer. Can't wait. I mean, because these are, like, the two cliche enemies of America. Like, yeah, we're going to go to the moon and screw you guys. You can't come into our tree fort or whatever <laughs> yeah, and yeah. so here we are and if you're a space history buff which i kind of am these were all things that the usa planned on doing in like the 50s before we ever even landed on the moon they just yeah. kind of became economic obstacles that we couldn't overcome uh -huh. well now of course everybody who follows space stuff even lightly knows of the artemis program uh, which is, you know, the whole intent is to build a colony on the moon and then the lunar gateway to build a permanent space station around the moon. Would you live on the moon? So my wife and I, we've talked, you know, casually just amongst ourselves about politics and the way the world is and culture and, and things like that. And I'm... I don't know, somewhat of a cultural Calvinist to throw out a religious word in the sense that some people just aren't going to be saved. And I think what we're looking at now is there's nowhere else to go. I mean, you could say like into the, you know, no man's land of Russia or like Alaska, those places exist. Or like if the, all the ice melts, Greenland is a huge amount of land that becomes available. Um, but all that stuff is controlled. I mean, because mm -hmm. it's still part of Russia. It's still part of the USA. Yeah. So... If you thought you were fleeing some kind of aggressive culture or control that you wanted to get away from, kind of like, you know, the pilgrims leaving Europe to come to America to start over, there's nowhere to go. Earth is it. It's over. I mean, right. there's, there's nothing else to do. I mean, what are you going to, I mean, you could go try to reform Africa, but Europe tried that already. And, and that's fraught with its own problems because the people that are in Africa, they're already there. They don't want to be Europeans, right? Exactly. So, yeah. so they're doing their thing. There's, there's nowhere left that you're going to go. There's no new frontier to discover. So the thought just kind of jokingly in our heads was like, well, maybe by the time our daughter grows up, she'll have the option to go, you know, live on a Mars colony on a Musk rocket or something like that. Yeah, maybe. You know, it, Musk has already said, you know, hey, if I start something on Mars, it's it's not going to be tied to Earth laws or anything. No, exactly. It's going to yeah. be its own society. Yeah. And, you know, when you if you just talk about human expansion, you know, it's inevitable. It might not happen in our lifetimes. Probably won't happen in our lifetimes, but it's going to happen at some point. It definitely will happen. And maybe that's how we flee the, uh, the re pole reversal in the 800 years of... Sure. Uh, 
We go live on the moon or live on Mars. Well, and that was one of the things on terraforming Mars, too, was that because Mars doesn't really have a magnetic field, they would have to have some kind of solar shield to keep the solar wind from continuously chipping away at the mm -hmm. atmosphere of Mars, which is why Mars has such a shitty atmosphere. Yeah. So, you know, I don't know. It's an interesting one. I think if anybody's watched the show The Expanse, uh, that's basically what we're talking about with this whole China-Russia on the moon thing, because one of the, the plot points in the expanse is sort of this competition between mars earth and then the people called the belters who are the ones who live kind of out in deep space and in the asteroid belt mm -hmm. and who's really in control and who has the resources and who has the political power and uh i don't know it's fascinating to me to think about that because it's it's kind of the same story that humans have always told amongst ourselves just it's happening in space yeah the thing that sunlight I would miss sunlight. I mean, I know there's sunlight on Mars and there's sunlight on the moon, but you can't just go outside, breathe in some good old country air, right, and bask in the sunlight. Right. I mean, you know, but I guess put it on a scale, which is more important. Well, so country air and sunlight and communism or right. Well, know, in back and back to that the expanse, there's actually a scene in the expanse. Uh, I can't remember if it's a Martian or a Belter, but on Earth they're torturing him. Yes. It's, and they're just uh, making them stand Belcher. up. Yeah, yeah, they're just making them stand up because they're not used to gravity. And yeah. so the gravity is just painful for them to have to do it. Yeah. So, yeah, that's an interesting one. You know, because in Mars, obviously, you'd have to live underground just because there's so much radiation. And so, yeah, for like sunlight, you know, you'd be dependent on artificial light, you know, to avoid kind of the things that we know on Earth happen when you don't have sunlight. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So the next one, uh, I, I think I put this in here, and I'm not going to lie. I forgot what this article is about. Well, so it's scientists <laughs> are surprised that they find living organisms under a mile of Antarctic ice. I don't know why they're surprised. Yeah, I don't really know why they're surprised either, but I think this one falls under the space stuff because it just shows that, like, well, here's a place where nothing should really be able to live. But something does. But something does. Well, it's kind of like the depths of the ocean or the uh, tundra mm -hmm. in uh, Russia. You know, they found those worms in Russia that they were, I forget how many thousands of years old, and they thawed them out, and they started moving around. So, it's, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's real interesting. Um we, we, we sit here and we talk about space all the time, and we brought this up on the podcast before. Oh, and I didn't put this up here, too, but also on Space Note, um, black mold spores, like mm -hmm. what you might find in a spot, you know, on a soffit of an old house or in your house or whatever, could live on Mars. I, I skimmed across that earlier. Yep. I didn't get a chance to read it. But. And so I, you know, to kind of throw some Rogan stuff, you know, Lawrence McKenna, whatever, uh, Graham Hancock stuff, mushrooms, spores. Yeah. Did that shit come on like an asteroid dormant for thousands of years and then propagate, you know, and then get into some sure. brain somehow and make somebody think? Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't personally subscribe to that, but this well, makes you wonder because that's like the ultimate like, like they think some trees evolved nuts or like pine cones and things like that to survive fires in, in, in natural type disasters to make the seeds protected from wilderness to an extent, make them hardy and robust. Mm -hmm. So what's a spore? But yeah. the ultimate version of that. You know? Well, and, and, and the, uh, oh, the uh, mycelium, I think is what it's called. Yeah. It's like the, almost like the uh, the network of that fungus and mushrooms and stuff. It, they're connected. Like mm -hmm. mushrooms in a forest. So you can do something on this side of the forest, the north side of the forest, and the 
that mycelium, they'll send that info, and whatever happened up there, they'll send it all the way to the other side to every bit. It's like one giant nervous system. Yeah, know? that's fascinating because trees are actually the same way. Yes. Like if a yes. bug starts eating on a tree, a tree emits or secretes something that goes to the other trees, mm-hmm. and they start producing different chemicals in their leaves to try to make the bugs less likely to want to eat them. And so some bugs will stop eating the leaves, but there are other bugs that have adapted to eat the leaves when they have that. You know what I mean? It's like mm-hmm. this never-ending arms race of nature. Yeah. And even trees, which you look at and you think, oh, it's alive, but it's not really alive. No, it's it's really alive. It yeah. just lives in a different timeline than you. You have to do things every 10 seconds, right? Tree, every shit. thousand it, years. Yeah. Yeah. Right? It doesn't it's have to move fast. very, very interesting, you know? Yeah, well, it, so Lord of the Rings, the Ents, they're the tree shepherds. They're basically mm-hmm. trees that can walk and talk. But in the book, they're incredibly slow moving. Like for just one of them to say hi, it takes it, you know, hours and hours. And mm-hmm. so it, it's hard for the, you know, the hobbits in the book to interact with like the tree shepherd, but they're very much alive. And the forest has a memory and it experiences all this stuff. And, you know, I, there's a lot of truth to that. Yeah, you know? yeah. Shit, where's the keyboard? So, you were talking about uh, Russia and China teaming up to, uh, you know, the Space Race 2.0 and try to make a a moon base. Well, the U.S. Army is testing machine gun-style laser weapons that vaporize targets. Yeah, it's overdue. They've been talking about it forever. Mm -hmm. So, it's super exciting things. I mean, basically, Star Wars blasters. I mean, that's, that's what we're doing. Or, or Star Trek, you know, set your phasers to stun. Yeah, because heat destroys everything, and that's what a laser is. So if they can make a badass enough laser, mm-hmm. yeah, there's really nothing you can do about it. Yeah. So, I mean, that's uh, really all there is to it. Article talks about, you know, melting through metal and stuff like that. Uh, but it's uh, it's kind of neat. I mean, there's going to be a time when where it's like, do-do-do-do, you know. And basically, another thing of the laser, they would talk about, like, basically... Uh, I would say, like, hyper-focused EMPs, you know? Like, if I could shoot my little blaster at your phone and just disable your phone, you know? Um, be kind of cool. Or a, right. a, a bigger one from, like, maybe a tank would shoot it at a, you know, I don't know. That was the last satellite. one I saw, like, a, a concept. I don't think they're going to do it, but it was... You remember that big laser they put on the front of a 747 several years ago to, like, oh, shoot down the, missiles? the airborne laser. Yeah, yeah they yeah. tested that, and it worked, I think, a few times. Yeah. Um, they had, like, a miniature version of that that they were going to strap on, like, a B-1 mm-hmm. and use that to go melt tanks and stuff. So, fun fact, my stepdad actually worked on that. On that program? Yeah. Yeah. He was over in the bo- sure, work for Boeing did it. and the mod. Actually, they did it here in town. Mm-hmm. Um, he worked on airborne laser for quite a few years. Uh, pretty pretty neat stuff, and he was an avionics guy, so he was right there with in the, all of it. Yeah, yeah, not not the structure and and making the laser, like actually the the, the use of it, the use yeah. of it. Yeah, which is is really cool shit. But um, I think it's kind of cool. Maybe you know, maybe there comes a point when we can go buy blasters. Oh yeah, it'd from be right ideal. Yep, wouldn't that be fucking cool? It'd be super cool. Not have to buy ammo. Well, and it's like a light speed projectile too, right? Because it's a laser. Beep, beep, beep. So it's yeah. not like there's a time. It's like instant. Yeah. I, and, and so, you know, now, if you guys have never figured this out to the audience, we are obviously big gun enthusiasts. Um, you know, you got to buy a gun and you can buy your bullets and then load the magazine and blah, blah, blah. So when you have a blaster, you know, is it just always, does ammo go away or do you load like... 
I don't know, like light cartridges into it, you know? Like, yeah, I would think it would just be electricity. An, some, in, some, an infinite, as yeah. long as you got a battery, you're good to go. Right. And maybe that's, you know, you get, depending on, well, the battery technology we have today, while it is very good what we had compared to even 10 years ago, you know, let's say you're shooting lasers and they're, you know, so high powered, your magazine is a new battery. Right. You know, you, you get like 10 shots and the battery's depleted. So you've had to pop the other one in, you know, 10 more, 20 more, 15 more shots or whatever. Right. I'm just, you know, thinking outside the box right now, but it's cool stuff. It's like I said, it's, it's way past overdue, but we're building moon bases. We're getting uh, lasers, blasters, whatever you want to call them. It's happening. Oh, yeah. I mean, it is, it's happening. Either Star Wars or Star Trek, whatever, uh, you know, story you want to follow, but it's going to happen. All right. So now we'll jump into conspiracies. So the the big one that's on here we talked about the other day, uh, the Roswell thing. Mm-hmm. So there's this guy, uh, Keith Basterfield. He's an Australian UFO researcher, old guy, been doing it for a long time. He talked to somebody. Um, this was the early 2000s, uh, who allegedly was the son of somebody who was a very high profile. British intelligence, British spy. And according to his dad, the Roswell crash of the late 1940s was not aliens. It was the U.S. government, U.S. Air Force, doing high-altitude experiments for the purpose of testing human survivability for high-altitude flight or atmospheric reentry from space Mm -hmm. using live people on board. Sure. In this case... Uh, disabled people, orphans, retarded people, right? Now, that sounds crazy, but in the 1930s and 1920s, we did a lot of that when, like, medical experiments and things like that. So the the premise there that ends up happening is that the thing that crashed in Roswell was a balloon, but it was a balloon with a gondola that had three individuals on it. These individuals happened to have a condition called hydrocephalus, which is basically uh, water on the brain or water in your skull mm-hmm. that gives them an enlarged head. Now, something went wrong with this balloon, and it went off course, and it crashed on this rancher's land. And so the Air Force hurried to go scoop this wreckage up. This rancher, or whoever out there, saw it, and they saw bodies, and at least one of them was still alive when they were taken. Mm-hmm. And then that's really what it was was a really fucked up dark Air Force experiment for space flight uh, that got covered up. The media story ended up being the alien thing. So the Air Force was in kind of a hard spot because on the one hand, they didn't want anybody looking into this because the more somebody looks into it, the more they'll find that they were doing incredibly fucked up stuff that they weren't supposed to be doing anymore. Yeah. So they they don't really want aliens because if people think about aliens, they're going to be digging into Roswell and they might stumble on the real truth. But at the same time, they would rather you be talking about aliens than yeah. talking about it was an experiment the government <clears throat> did. Yeah, exactly. So they want to put it to bed, but they don't want to totally put it to bed. Sure. And so enter alien conspiracies. Alien. Well, and it kind of goes with like the, uh, oh, I forget it. We brought it up a couple, a few episodes ago, but it was the guy with the, uh, who invented the um, space time weapon, you know? But you could also use that as a, as a uh, uh, a means of uh, to force to transport, you know. Right. Tic Tac UFO, you know, 
that we knew we do know that the articles were saying there's there's stuff out there. The Navy right. is actively paid for it, funded it. There's stuff that works, which makes me really think that Tic Tac UFOs are just the next generation of of, of, of a fighter jet. Yeah, you know, and this same story, you know, dial back seventy years, right? Know, yep. I mean, well, and I, another one to point to in the Roswell thing is in the '40s and early '50s, uh, the people doing space was literally Nazis. I mean, Operation Paperclip. It was literally yeah. Von Braun, his scientists, yeah. all guys that came from Germany. Uh, rocketry, you know, Robert Goddard in America got it started, but it was really Germany where rocketry kind of matured into what yes. would eventually become what we have today. NASA. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Even the Soviet Union. All mm-hmm. their stuff was, yeah. was Soviet guys. In fact, the uh, first picture taken in space was on a V-2 Nazi rocket that was launched out of New Mexico in 1946. Mm-hmm. So... I don't know. Even even on the whole human test thing, I mean, you got to wonder if I don't know these kind of super utilitarian guys are the ones running the space program. I would even point to Dwight Eisenhower, president, early fifties. Uh, he's the one who got NASA started, and part of it was because he thought leaving space and space funding and space research to the military was dangerous, mm-hmm. and so he wanted to put civilians in control of it. So they created NASA. Now. Think about Roswell in the late 1940s. Is that why we have NASA? Because otherwise we're going to have some really fucked up Nazi dark money secret shit going on. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It makes a lot of sense to me that that would be the case in Roswell. You know, as much as I love talking about aliens and stuff, and I I do believe there's probably other civilizations out there in the form of, form of mold spores, um, you know, that really makes more sense. You know, people like to, like fiction writing, you know, people like, people have, people are creative, they have imaginations. So it kind of makes sense that, you know, hey, we go with this alien thing, because especially back in the 50s, science fiction was, was huge, you know, and, but really, it's just some fucked up experiments. Yep. Anywho, the next article is about Kim Jong-un's wife, which I'm not going to lie, didn't even know he was married. I didn't either. I, I thought, just I thought he was thought, a bachelor. I, I, I thought he was kind of just like a um, like a celibate slash asexual, I don't know, weird little man. <laughs> like, Do you think she's hot? I mean, she ain't bad for him. Let's, solid average. So, oh, definitely solid, solid average uh, North Korean. Uh, definitely gets eats because, I mean, she's not. How do you think that relationship is? I bet she runs a show. You think so? Sure. Or you think she's like brainwashed and thinks she's literally a banging god? You know, I don't, I think he's a, I think his father was, was more like god. It'd be interesting to be a fly on a wall. Like in the inner circle, does that illusion get dropped and nobody gives a fuck? It's just like for the sake of public appearances. Yeah, because when I think of like bad dictator authoritarian style people like Saddam Hussein. I probably wouldn't want to come across that guy. Something about him. Uh, Fidel Castro. You know, just but him? Rocket Man? I j- Rocket Man. <laughs> Fucking comical genius Trump. But uh I I just I don't find him scary. I just find like he's kind of like a mad little angry man. I think he his is dad a mad was mad little angry fat kid. Yeah, and his dad was definitely you know, fuck you, Hans Bricks. <laughs> Remember that movie? What movie was that? Team uh, America. World no, Police. I wasn't talking about that one. Uh, the uh, 
Oh, it had James Franco and Seth Rogen in it. Oh, yeah. Uh, um, I know what you're talking about, where they go on like a secret mission to assassinate Yeah, him. it was like one of the first Netflix like movies, because everybody else the interview. dropped it. Yes, the interview. Uh, I, I don't know. And maybe that movie like kind of like, you know. I just, I really don't, I think he's kind of a big puss. Well, you realize that if you could take the nukes out of the equation, how he's, very little power they actually have. Like, economically, yeah. they're not a threat. No. Mostly, as far as tech speaking, they're not a threat. Hmm. It's really just the, you know, soul is so close to the border. Even if it was just artillery, they could kill a whole bunch of people before we could, like, subdue North Korea. So it's, it becomes the trade-off sure. thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, fun fact, just to throw in there, there were more active-duty soldiers at the U.S. Capitol for the Biden inauguration I than do. there were on the border between North and South Korea. Yes, I did know that, and that's <laughs> fucking nuts. Nukes, fucking nuts. no nukes. Nukes, no nukes. So welcome to the USA, the demilitarized zone. <laughs> so just out of curiosity, how does this fall within conspiracy theory? Uh, I, I don't know. You you put it in your side. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, is it? does he really have a wife? I don't know. Maybe I put it in the wrong category, but like, I That's mean, no do you think deal. he only has the wife or do you think it's like, she's like the public wife and then he's got like a little harem of like, you know, six concubines in the background. I mean, if I was a dictator, authoritarian, crazy fucking, why would you settle with one? He that has kids. Bad. Does he? I'm pretty sure it says he has kids. That sounds bad. I love my wife. Um, but I'm thinking if I was like, if I basically considered myself literally king of the world, like that guy does. Yeah. 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 Then we'll, you don't settle with one woman. Tiger Woods, man. Yeah. Tiger Woods with guns. It's that That's guy. what he is. Well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, All right. Whatever. So, to end the podcast, we have a couple more things to talk about here. But on to dick jokes. Really just up the creek kind of things. This one. I read about this. This is the whole Texas thing. <laughs> With the snow. So there are... Well, let me rewind to last weekend. Last weekend? Yeah, last weekend. I love my family. But I was talking to some family. And they said something about how China created the snow in Texas. And now while I am I, cloud seeding, geoengineering, um, weather manipulation, I'm not totally against that because it was widely accepted and talked about in the really the 40s how you could cloud seed. Cloud seeding is a very real thing, you know. Um, scientists talk about it openly. But do I think, do I think China made... Texas cold and snowy? No. And I also don't think Bill Gates. And there was an article here, or a video I saw, where some lady goes, <laughs> I think, thank you, Bill Gates. And she tries burning a ball of snow. Um, have you seen the video? Did you put this in here, didn't you? I did. Okay. Um, I couldn't remember if I did or you did. That's a... But, what's your... What's your thing? What's your... Th thoughts on it man this is kind of <laughs> like the whole mars is really an island and on greenland yeah it's like dude this would be such a massive conspiracy on like such a huge, <laughs> huge level with a scale. huge economic cost that would yeah. require so many people it's just 
I don't know what to think about it. On the one hand, we live in an age where there's so much information available that there are now conspiracies about literally everything. And that's kind of awesome. But it's also kind of like, wow. Yeah. We really misuse this whole thing called, you know, consciousness <laughs> to do stupid shit. So I feel there's a big thing of, uh, there's conspiracy theories. Great reset. Global. Globalism. Yeah, I, in the time that we are in, it is... It's intriguing. And I would blame less on like the snowstorm because I it's just they had a hundred year storm. It's not that it never snows there. It's just it's really rare mm. and it happened. Sure. And people weren't prepared for it because you don't prepare for something that only happens once every hundred years. Yes. I get it. Kind of like how we aren't prepared for the next magnetic pole fiasco because like it happens once every 42,000 years. So it's really hard to get people to care about it. Mm-hmm. I get it. But I, I, I don't know, man. Like. The, the thing that kills me, I think, is that kind of the grand conspiracy direction it goes, where, like, you know, it invokes Bill Gates or the Illuminati or, or something like that. Like, there's some mysterious cabal. Mm-hmm. Like, in a religious standpoint, I would more readily understand, like, Satan. But, like, as far as invoking people, uh, I don't get it. I mean, I get, like, you know, the old conspiracies about, like, harp, you know, and is is the military trying to figure out how to affect weather well Mm -hmm. i mean obviously they would because like if you could make tornadoes on the battlefield that saves you from having to send in soldiers it makes sense why wouldn't you look into it it doesn't mean they succeeded i mean the thing with texas now the same kind of stuff when like hurricane katrina in new orleans right the george bush weather machine yeah right they went and wiped out all the black people you know kanye west or somebody said that yeah (laughs) i the the thing is in in this and what we're talking about here is Basically, Texans were taking snowballs and they were tr- they were lighting them on on they were trying to burn them with a lighter. Well, which is what you do, you know, as a standard human. Sure. When you see something you've never encountered before, you either try to shoot it or you try to set it on fire. That is very this true. Is, this is a base reaction. Yeah, and and I get why people like first like, well, what the hell? Because I'm not gonna lie, when I first saw the video, I was like, well, that's really weird because the snow's not melting is what we're getting at. Well, the basically. Uh, there's a thing called sublimination when right. the solid, which is snow, skips the liquid form and just goes directly to a gas. Dry ice. Yes. Yes. I don't know. There's a. That's why I said I think there's conspiracy theories when we talk about like globalism and coronavirus and Democrats and stuff like that. But then I think we got these other like conspiracy theories. You well, know? and it's it, like. Jeez, I, I can please. forgive some of it, though, because what you see with, like, the Texas thing is, okay, it's a 100-year storm. This happens. Like, why does everybody freak out about this? Because literally insurance companies have, in like, kids, if you want to make a lot of money, go be an actuary for an insurance company. You will make hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars because you're really good at math. Those are the people that figure out, like... How often does it flood? What are the odds of a flood? You know, Mm -hmm. where are we at in time relative to the last flood? What is the pattern going to be? The people who do all that math to figure that out to determine how much your flood insurance is going to be, your earthquake insurance or whatever it is. So because this weather event happens in a time when everybody's freaking out about windmills and green energy and climate change, instantly any weather event becomes, oh my gosh, climate change, the climate apocalypse. Like there was another Mm -hmm. article in Popular Mechanics or Popular Science about, are these storms normal? This is so weird. It's obviously climate change. And it's like, I mean, we're taking something and we're running with it to an extreme that is irrational and needless. And when they do that, 
and you look at the broader context of how I think a lot of people feel, uh, conservative or not, about the ivory tower climate stuff where it's like, we're not going to have thrift stores anymore. You have to drive an electric car, never mind how expensive they are. Or Right. And then they see stuff like this get, get hijacked by that narrative. It then looks like in conspiracy as far as, well, they must have done this bullshit just to try to make people believe this narrative that's bullshit because nobody would believe it without stuff like this. Because remember, remember, folks, Al Gore told us that by 2021, you weren't going to be able to live in New York City because it was going to be underwater. Yeah, obviously that didn't happen. And so how do you get somebody to subscribe to this climate change narrative if they can't see it? You have to take events like what happened in Texas and say, oh, climate change. And then you can't have any discussion about 100-year storm. Mm -hmm. And so then the people who are really sensitive to people that are pushing the global reset, climate change shit, are like, aha, look, they're causing bullshit to try to get us to believe into their crap. When the reality is everybody's kind of wrong. It's just like... I mean, shit happens. Snows sometimes. <laughs> Whoa. It's like the weather is always actually changing. Yeah. You know. Well, it, I, I just, you know, and this is, you know, lefties hate this because this becomes a right-wing talking point, unfortunately, because we can't just talk about history. Uh, Kansas used to be a fucking shallow sea. Mm -hmm. I mean, one of the main fossils they find in Kansas is shark teeth. And the things like mosasaurs, which is the big whale lizard thing that jumps out of the water in Jurassic World and, you know, eats yeah. the, eats the, whatever the hell it was, T-Rex thing. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, yeah, the climate was a lot different. Greenland used to be a temperate forest. There was a rainforest in Antarctica. I mean, like we said earlier at the beginning of this, during the dinosaur era, carbon levels in the atmosphere were thousands of times higher than they are today, mm -hmm. which allowed plants to be way bigger and way more prolific than they were, which allowed there to be these massive herbivores that were just ridiculous proportions that even whales today don't reach. Mm -hmm. But, you know, obviously the world's not like that now, so those things can't exist. I mean, woolly mammoths went extinct because we don't have... These massive grasslands where they could have lived to, to eat enough food. Like, we couldn't sustain giant elephants like that anymore in North America, so they're gone, right? On top of, you know, competition from other animals. So the world is always changing and always renewing itself. And I'm not saying the blizzard in Texas was necessarily, like, renewing Texas, but, like, things happen. And, yeah. And, like, flood, like, it, like floodplains. You live in a... Five-year floodplain, 50-year floodplain, 500-year floodplain, right? That all has an effect on your insurance rate. But it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to flood tomorrow or the next... You know, I just... Exactly. We, we should... Exactly. Yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. But anyway, well, we could probably just call, call our quits here because I've got to take another piss. And uh, we've kind of talked about that in the past. We could. I can come back. We can talk about it if you want. Um, it's up to you. Oh, the Bill Gates farmland thing? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, briefly, because cause it does end up in conspiracy land. I think that might be where I meant to put that one. Okay. But uh, yeah. the article in the New York Post, the real reason why Bill Gates is now the U.S.'s biggest farmland owner, I thought was was really good because me, it points out that Bill Gates... Let me go pee real quick. Fine. I really got to pee. <laughs> we just got back from our pee break. Uh, we wanted to talk about Bill Gates acquiring all this farmland. Um so, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so I, the article was interesting because 
to kind of separate it from conspiracy land, one of the interesting points was somebody with as much wealth as Bill Gates does not personally go out and spend all of his money on specific things knowingly or even necessarily intentionally, uh-huh. right? He has people who manage his assets and his wealth who know his general directive and they make decisions based on that directive. Yep. And their job is based on whether they met his expectations or did not meet his expectations, right? Sure, yeah, yeah. And so... Uh, the premise of the article is basically that he's he's buying up all this farmland, and the long-term idea is he's super interested in sustainable agriculture and maybe long-term, like, smart cities, mm-hmm. right? And so if he has land, he can potentially build a new city from the ground up to meet his vision, which is still a long ways in the future, if that's even something he's really pursuing. And the sustainable agriculture one I actually thought was was really genuinely fascinating to me. Because all the things that we think about when you think of sustainable agriculture, right? How can I get more produce off of the same amount of land than I did before? Mm -hmm. This is the same question general agriculture has been asking itself for thousands and thousands of years. Yeah. This is not a new obstacle. (laughs) We've just slapped this veneer of climate change on it. And now that somebody who does not do agriculture, like Bill Gates, he lives in the tech world, said, oh my gosh, we have to farm more efficiently. <laughs> Let me try to solve this problem. Yeah. It's like, hey there, bud. I've been farming for generations. And this is the same thing we've been working on forever. Well, you know what I mean? But like now that like the, the ivory tower overlords have like, we should be more efficient farmers. It's like, well, no fucking shit, Sherlock. Right. Everybody wants to be more efficient because it means you produce more, you make more money, you consume less resources. It's called capitalism. And it, well, it's it's the uh, we know what's best for you argument, right? You even, even though they're complete outsiders in that industry, yeah, yeah. right? Listen here, plebes. Yes, you you just. We, no, but on that note, I I, got this. I fully support it. Like, if he wants to pursue ways to make farming more efficient, to grow more food on less land, mm-hmm. everybody should support that. Even if he does have this veneer of climate shit. You know, even though agriculture at large has always had that exact same goal for thousands and thousands and thousands of years and has achieved massive amounts of success relative to the past, uh, that's a noble goal. So you don't have to be against that or think that that's a a conspiracy. Even like the artificial beef thing, like... I'm not one who's like, oh, we got to start shoving corkses in the the cow's asses, but... uh, I'm not against artificial meat. I'm against the government telling me that I can only have artificial meat. Oh, for sure. But yes, if artificial yes. meat wants to exist as an alternative to beef, sure. And do if they thing. do a good enough job producing that product and marketing that product to where people want that as opposed to the real thing, mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, that's that's how the market is supposed to work. It, absolutely. There. Don't impend on my freedoms. Right. Don't tell me I have to eat this and I can't consume something different. I don't give a shit what anybody else does. Right. Does. It's the argument of you do your thing, you leave me alone. Well, for some it, reason it, that's it, hard it, for people to understand. Yes, and it unfortunately kind of ties back to the whole Texas snowstorm thing mm-hmm. because then you see, oh well, there has to be a snowstorm in Texas if Bill Gates wants to sell me an impossible whopper. Right? Because they're never going to get me to eat fake beef unless the power goes right, out in Texas right, because climate right, change, right? right. So I, I see how all of that thinking is interconnected, but I do piece but... by piece, none of these things are necessarily bad or, or even oh. evil. They're just the natural ebb and flow of reality. I mean, if you can grow prime beef in your basement 
more efficiently than you could raise a Wagyu beef cow on land that you had to own, I mean, wouldn't you do it? I mean, if, right. I, could, if I could just grow a brisket on my bathroom wall. <laughs> That's weird. It'd be just, weird as shit, but, but. Oh, dude. You're telling me I could grow prime beef from like this tiny little spore in a Petri dish? Yeah. As opposed to having to go pay what the, uh, my family bought a, uh, a big fancy, you know, a couple hundred dollar prime rib for, yeah. uh, Christmas or, or whatever. And, uh, you're telling me I could just grow it and it'd be cheaper and taste the same. I mean, right, I'd, right, <laughs> right. I'm not against that. No, you know, I, I, at the end of the day, I guess, genetically speaking, if it is 100% identical to prime rib in a field. Sure. What does it matter? Right. At that point, it's not going to, our body's not going to recognize the difference. I get now mentally, it sounds really fucking weird. At yeah. the same time, if it tastes good, it tastes good. I don't care. People eat hybrid vegetables all the time. It's well, like some fucking shit they cooked up in a lab. I love fucking broccolini. Well, it's <laughs> like, well, I mean, you know. Technically, we've, we've been uh, genetically modifying the vegetables and shit since way before our parents were born. Corn. Nature corn. does it on its own. It just takes it, longer. It does. But we, we speed the process up. Apricots. Yeah. Apricots, corn. They've all... You can buy those trees. You can buy them. They grow a peach. It grows like apples. It grows... Yeah, the Franken trees. Yeah. And now it's a thing where you can just go buy some seeds and... Bloop, you know. It, I mean, you know. Corn used to be those. The little tiny, like... Oh, you see them in, uh, at a little Asian restaurant. The little tiny corns. Yeah. That's yeah. what corn used to be. Now corn is eight inches long. You know, a girthy, girthy fucker. Girthy. Yeah. Thick. <laughs> Thick. With all C's. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but corn used to be teeny tiny, and it wasn't really that much, but they've, they've selectively got the bigger one, the bigger one, the bigger one. They just kept planting those seeds, and eventually, over time, you've got big corn. So, I mean, we've been genetically doing shit. So this is, well, because of technology, we can actually kind of jump super fast into the future almost i guess you could say to grow meat in a lab but we've been doing this forever right i'm just a, you know but people don't i guess can't get their uh, wrap their heads around that but anywho i think that about covers it for today right yep all right man well i guess guys that is it for the podcast uh hey do us a favor go on to instagram up the at up the creek pod uh, Twitter at up to Creek 11 uh, I don't know rate review subscribe uh, tell your family tell your friends just tell people about the podcast uh, I, think that, I think that's about it so anyways fuck you have a good day